Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Yeah, we came in and, and let's let's back go back a little bit here. In 2019 when I got here, I mean, we talked a lot about foundation players and high character players. And the 2019 draft class, I mean, just off the top of my head, it was Clay Farrell, Josh Jacobs, John Abram, Mullen in the second round, uh, Crosby and Foster Moreau in the fourth round, Hunter Renfro in the fifth round. Um, we had Alec Ingold as a free agent, A.J. Cole, our punter. So just kind of mentally clipping down that list, there are eight or nine starters there. And even more importantly, every single one of them is a high-character guy that has been good in the community, great in our locker room. And it's, it's, if you talk to some of the veterans in our locker room that have been with other teams, they point to that group of guys as the core, the young core of players that's going to help the Raiders get to the next level. Good football players. You can argue all you want about what you expected out of some of them. You prop, some of them may have underperformed. Some of them may have overperformed. But the bottom line is we've got a really good group of young core veterans that are excited about being Raiders. That's the 19 class. The 20 class, you're right on target. We had seven picks. We're down to three. Brian Edwards in the third round, Simpson, and Amik Robinson in the fourth round. And obviously, we just lost Ruggs and Arnett, our two first-round picks, in a period of seven days. So... Uh, am I sick to my stomach right now on a lot of levels? Yes. Um, I mentioned we found the risk acceptable after doing more homework on Ornette than anybody we've done in the, in the years I've been here. Um, and obviously, we missed. And that is 100% on me. The 21 class at this point, you know, we had seven guys. Jimmy Morrissey was on the practice squad. He got poached by Houston. And Leather, Leatherwood, uh, Mary get safety, and Hobbs are all starting. Uh, Gillespie and Diablo have become really important special teams guys and are going to become good players. And you're going to see more Malcolm Kuntz coming up. So this class, 21, it's early. It's way early. But we feel really good about them both as football players and people. So I, I understand the perception from the outside looking in. Because of this past week, I get it. I understand it. But we couldn't feel further than that perception. We think the truth is we got a good young core. I love the way Coach Bisaccia is working with these kids. They're all buying in. We had a, we had a bad day yesterday, but I can't wait to, to see how we get challenged this week, how we challenge these players, and we come out and play against Kansas City. <laughs> That's general manager, Raiders general manager, Mike Mack, talking today um, about the release of Damon Arnett. We're going to get into that. Um, and then also, you know, generally speaking about what was a disastrous 2020 draft. And Mike doesn't run from it. He doesn't hide from it. He owns it. It was a swing and a miss on a colossal level. And I agree with him. In, you know, uh, I agree with him in how he categorizes it. I agree with him in how he uh, takes the blame. Uh, and I agree with him in terms of what the blame should be. Uh, they overthought it a little bit. Um, they, they 
felt like they put enough into Damon Arnett's past and red flags to, to create a comfort level, um, but it was um, false hope. Uh, no question about it. He should not have even been he, – he shouldn't have been on their draft board in the first round period. They kind of talked themselves into we'll be able to get him in here. We feel pretty good about it, that he's moving in the right direction. We're going to get him in our culture, in our locker room, and everything's going to work out. And it, it burnt them big time. Um, but I also agree with him wholeheartedly on the 2019 class. I've been talking about the 2019 draft class for a while now. Uh, having gotten to know them, having co- uh, covered those players, I felt like, and I've written about it, and I've talked about it. That's the foundation of this Raiders football team. Yes, uh, Derek Carr is the face of the franchise. There's no question what Unique Nkakwe has brought to the table. Uh, Casey Hayward, uh, Denzel Perryman, those are great veteran additions uh, to a young core um, that I felt was starting to grow up and assume a lot of control. Uh, in that locker room in terms of the leadership and maturing. Uh, and I think the 2019 class um, is a good, strong class. You want to argue about Clee Farrell? Great. Argue about Clee Farrell. He was a, he was a, uh, a you know, it, it hasn't panned out for Clee Farrell. The good news is they went out and got a defensive player of the year candidate in, in Max Crosby. So that kind of evened itself out. You'd love to have Max Crosby and a dominant player uh, at number four, but it didn't, it didn't happen that way. And it doesn't always happen that way. I always tell the story about the Rams drafting uh, Aaron Donald. Well, that was with the 13th pick overall. The second pick overall was this offensive tackle by the name of Greg Robinson, who was a complete bust. It doesn't always work out the way you think it's going to work out. Uh, Greg Robinson, the Rams felt they had a left tackle for the next decade. He couldn't get out of his own way. And the Raider, the Rams ended up cutting him. Yet they have one of the great players of all time uh, in, in Aaron Donald, who had they not been able to, had they not had two first round picks that year and not been able to take the tackle that they absolutely felt they need to have. Uh, with number two at number 13, they were going to take an offensive lineman. They weren't going to draft Aaron Donald. That's how big their need was on the offensive line. Uh, but again, it's not always going to work out. So you want to focus on, on, uh, on, on Clee Farrell. That's fine. But the rest of that 2019 class for the most part has been pretty darn good. And I like what I see of this 2021 draft class. Nate Hobbs to me, uh, has not played like a w- rookie, not one second of his time uh, yet in the NFL. Uh, I think Trayvon Mora keeps ascending. Uh, Alex Leatherwood has gotten a lot better at guard. We'll see. Um, was that a reach? Maybe. Uh, maybe it was a, a reach. Uh, but if he turns out to be a good, solid player, very good, solid player or, or player for them on the offensive line, uh, it worked out. Uh, Mike Mayock mentioned Malcolm Kuntz. He mentioned Ty- uh, Tyree Gillespie, uh, guys that are are you know kind of developing right now not everyone's going to be a hit as a rookie Uh, a lot of guys take quote-unquote red shirt years or just special team years uh, as they're learning and making that transition to the nfl i like where the 2021 draft class uh, is headed i say all that to get back to the point i was trying to make earlier and that is the conversation that i had with mike mayock uh, at the senior bowl and and some of the concessions that he had made in terms of 
the mistakes that were made in the 2020 class. I'm not going to blame it on COVID-19. I'm not going to blame it on how that disrupted uh, the draft process, the evaluation process, the ability to meet face-to-face with players, um, bring them into your building, get a better feel for them, talk to them uh, one-on-one, um, get out to campus to really take a look at guys, um, you know, uh, and talk to everyone that knows them on campus. That that All of that was not available um, for the most part in, in 2020. Uh, but I'm not going to blame it on that. Why? Because every team had to go through that. Every single team had to deal with the same set of circumstances. So that, to me, is an invalid excuse. I'm glad that Mike Mayock, when presented with the opportunity to use it as an excuse, said no. Uh, no, it had nothing to do with it. They just overthought the situation. They overthought the situation with Damon Ar- not overthought the situation. I think they overthought it in a couple of cases, tried to get a little bit too cute with the Tanner Muses and the, and the Lynn Bowden juniors. Uh, but Damon Arnett, they convinced themselves we're going to be a great place for him to take that, you know, those next steps in terms of the maturity. We feel like we got a pretty good handle on who he is, what he's dealt with, some of the issues that he's had uh, off the field. We feel they created a comfort level for themselves in their own heads that said it's going to be okay. And that's a lesson to be learned. Number one, dubious that Damon Arnett was a good enough talent for for to, to outweigh some of those concerns that the Raiders had. And obviously the Raiders did have uh, those concerns. He's a guy that if he's there for you in the second round, you may take the chance. If he's there for you in the third round, maybe you take that chance, but not in the first round. When when you hear Mike Mack even talking about uh, some of the all the time that they spent looking into him, why is that a little bit different than everybody else? Because obviously they had some concerns. Obviously they had some concerns about um, about some of the core issues, uh, character issues, things like that. So they put extra time into him and. It created a little bit of a false sense of security. I'm not going to put Henry Ruggs into that situation. I don't think Henry Ruggs is the same, you know, uh, is the same situation as a Damon Arnett. Henry Ruggs made, and Henry Ruggs, by the way, was turning into a really good player and an important player. So there was uh, a, a very good, strong likelihood that that was going to turn out to be a major hit for the Raiders. Um, but obviously it didn't. We all know why. But I'm not going to put him in the same category as as Damon Arnett. Those are two completely different situations. We talked about Lynn Bowden trying to draft a player and change positions, especially in a year where there was not going to be any uh, off-season program uh, or OTAs. Just a bad decision to to to, to make that um, sort of a take that sort of a chance. Mike Mack was has been clear about that. Uh, Tanner Muse, kind of the same situation. Now, he got hurt. That wasn't anybody's real fault, but you know, maybe that's again not the year to draft a college linebacker and move him to safety. The key now for Mike Mayock, who I believe still deserves to keep his job, because when you look at the twenty-one class, you look at uh, the twenty twenty class, the twenty nineteen class. You look at this free agency class. Uh, bringing in Casey Hayward, bringing in Unique Ngakwe, um, bringing in trading for Denzel Perryman, um, bringing in KJ Wright, Quinton Jefferson, Solomon Thomas. Um, there's a lot to like about the moves that have been made 
in 2021. There's a lot to like about that draft class in 2019. If you just want to focus on the bad, then you have every right to do that. He's not going to, you know, Mike Mayock's not going to hate you for that or get mad. I mean, it's, it is what it is. But if you look at the whole picture, it's still a lot of hits uh, as well. And I think the 2020, 2021 class is going to yield, um, you know, uh, even more uh, uh, assets as time goes on. I like hearing what he said about Malcolm Koontz, about how he's going to get more of an opportunity here, it sounds like. Uh, But again, the key is if you make mistakes, just don't repeat them. Learn from them. And I feel like if you look at this 2021 class compared to what they did last year, it's more along the lines of what they did in 2019. Good in 2019. It looks pretty darn good from where we sit right now in 2021. It's horrible in 2020. They made great decisions in 2019 for the most part. Yes, Clee Farrell hasn't worked out. No doubt about it. They made bad decisions in 2020. They've rebounded with good decisions in 2021. And I'd like to see what Mike Mayock um, now having a couple, three drafts under his belt. Remember, this is a general manager that just became a general manager in, uh, what, 2019. So he's had three draft classes, two that have looked pretty darn good. One that's just, you know, it it is what it is. Uh, But I think that he, again, learned a big lesson. And I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to repeat the same mistakes that they made in, in 2020. And Mike Mayock will never say this uh, because this is the kind of person that he is. But there was somebody else that was there making those decisions with him uh, for the same reasons that they were good decisions in 2019 and 2021. Um, John Gruden deserves credit. And I believe that John Gruden deserves some blame, obviously. For what happened in 2020, um, it just was not a very good draft, and um, and the Raiders are paying a, a price for it. Uh, but a lot of it is perception as well. People are just going to focus on the bad, and there's a lot to focus on in that regard when it comes to 2020. But don't also overlook the good that's happened uh, as well. And for those reasons, if I'm in charge. I think Mike Mayock deserves to come back, uh, you know, and, and continue the work that he's put in. And I'd be interested to see how that work looks, um, you know, uh, w- with him basically now having, as Mike, uh, as as Mark Davis uh, indicated, uh, the the basically the final say uh, on personnel decisions. I don't think that that's going to go to Mike Mayock's head. Uh, I don't think he rolls that way. I think he's somebody, as we've seen, especially with those moves that were made on defense is going to lean heavily on his coaching staff uh, for them to kind of lead the way and guide the way in terms of what it is that they're looking for uh, in, in, in their players at, in their scheme. Um, and I think you saw that with some of the draft picks that they've made and some of the free agency uh, pickups that they've made. I'd like to see that continue, uh, you know, as well. So uh, we'll see. It's been a tough Tough week, no doubt about it, uh, for the Raiders. And, you know, David Arnett is just a um, – it's just a, uh, a scar uh, right now. If you saw that video, um, it was disgusting. <laughs> There's no other way uh, to put it. And uh, he needs to look at himself in the mirror and decide, is football a priority or are other things uh, a priority? He seems like somebody that um, kind of wants to be one way. And, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. But go do it on somebody else's dime is what the Raiders are saying. 
Uh, it's not going to happen here. I hope for his sake because he does have talent. I go back to training camp uh, last year um, when he was healthy and he was, uh, you know, given a chance to start for the Raiders. I just remember the player that I was watching in training camp going, this guy's got some skills. There's no doubt about it. If he can get his head straight and get his priorities straight, um, he has a chance to be a good football player. And I also... It'd be curious, and, and maybe Damon. I don't know if you know. Maybe, maybe when we get back, do we know what the timeline was on that video? Uh, if if we could get that checked out on exactly when that happened, was it recently? Was it um, last year, months ago? Um, I'd like to know what the timeline of that video was because um, from people that I were taught was talking to, he was kind of moving in the right direction in terms of the maturity. But I don't know. Maybe he either had a lapse, or maybe that was a video from a while ago. Either way, uh, it's not acceptable. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, there was significant concern and, and most of the teams around the league were very aware of it. Um, we spent an awful lot of time trying to understand his behavior and really what kind of tilted everything in the direction of, okay, let's go ahead and draft him, um, was we knew that coaching staff pretty well. We knew what they had asked him to do his last year at Ohio State. They felt very strongly that they knew who we had on our staff and that we'd be able to work with this young man and not only help him on the football field, but help him in his life. And, um, you know, obviously in hindsight, we weren't able to do it. And I know people, were, a lot of people, including myself, we were all concerned about this. But we, at the time, we thought it was an acceptable risk. And obviously it's painful on all levels. That's Mike Mayock, the Raiders general manager, talking today about the release of Damon Arnett. Um, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. I'm going to give Mike Mayock a lot of credit here uh, because uh, there's a lot of people who would say, no, nope, you know, we didn't see any of the red flags and try to excuse it and um, just kind of sweep it under the rug and just say, you know, uh, Damon Arnett turned out to be a bad guy and uh, we can't tolerate that. But, you know, we didn't see anything. Um, Mike Mayock did anything but. Um, he was completely forthcoming. Uh, was it a mistake? Obviously, in retrospect, it was a major mistake, and that's something that the Raiders need to learn from. Mike Mack needs to learn from that. Um, sometimes when somebody shows you who they are, just believe them the first time. Um, that's an old saying um, and, and an old quote, uh, but it, it oftentimes turns out to be very true. And you can be as noble as you want to be, thinking that you're going to be able to help save somebody uh, from themselves and their life and turn them around and your culture is going to fix them and, and it's going to get everything uh, on the right track. Sometimes that does happen, but oftentimes um, there's people that just don't want to be helped uh, and and it, it, they flame out. I've seen it so many times before. Uh, there's there's just so many cases of guys who had problems elsewhere, um, just not ever really heeding the advice or, or moving past um, that part of themselves. And it's sad and it's frustrating uh, because there's a lot of talent that's been 
left out there uh, on on the table because guys just weren't willing uh, to be as committed as they needed to be, as mature as they needed to be. Um, but it happens all the time. And you sometimes, I'm not trying to, you know, defend Mike Mayock here. I'm just telling you the reality of the situations. I worked for the Los Angeles Lakers um, for, and I, I, I worked side by side in, in the public relations department with a guy by the name of Jerry West, um, who was as astute a general manager as there was in the history of sports. And there were times when he got not duped, but you just create almost this false sense of, Hey, um, our, our situation, our room, our locker room, our infrastructure, everything that we have in place here is going to help this guy, uh, become a better person. Um, and, and sometimes it does. Not everybody shows up <laughs> to the team, uh, on the NFL draft and reports a finished product. Not everyone is wartless or faultless or flawless. A lot of guys in life, whatever job we're talking about, but we're talking about professional sports here. A lot of guys show up to the scene with some baggage and some growing up that needs to happen. And you have to always weigh all of that, obviously, when you're investing the kind of money um, and commitment that you are uh, in, in, in these guys. But when it's... but even the best, even the best have been burnt before. And it just needs to be a lesson that you learn that you don't repeat it. You know, in retrospect, Damon Arnett should not have been on the Raiders first round board whatsoever. I'm, I don't even think he should have been uh, on, on their second round board. Uh, I don't think as it turns out, the talent outweighed the risk and gamble that he represented. And oh, no, honey, can I actually ask you a question here? Yeah. I've seen this thrown around where it's just like people were saying like he was consistent, like consistently he was like probably like the 60th prospect. He was right. like in the 60 to 70s on most big boards. So, of course, exactly. big reach, big reach. But is it okay then if you take the risk on a player? It's like, ah, but this same player, fourth round or fifth round, then it's okay to draft him. It happens all the time. I don't. I just feel like I feel like then it's like we're not looking at people as come. Well, I know this is the business of football, but that's the problem where I have it is y'all. You're not looking at these people as players or all that compassion that Derek Carr talked, which I do believe in. Yeah, yeah I think that goes out the window for people who's just like ah man, but our team could have saved like a couple million if we draft this same bad character player in the fourth round instead of the first. It happens all the time. You're that's 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 you think that draft boards are only predicated on talent. Everything is judged. Everything is assessed. It's not just talent. It's characters. It's injuries. Uh, there's there's times where a guy might, you know, if your doctors say, hey, you know what, he might, you know, he's a first-round talent, but he might only be able to give you five years at tops, you know, so, all right, not going to draft him in the first round, but in the third or fourth round, uh, it's worth that risk at that point. You don't want to lose the first, I mean, you, you got to understand, too, there's a lot of money involved in a first-round pick. A lot of money that goes into a first round pick that doesn't exist um, in the fourth or fifth round. That's why guys fall. Devon, I've had conversations, tw uh, uh, um, 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 text conversations with people during the draft in draft rooms, and they'll go, "He's not on our board." What? Yeah, he's no, not on our board at this point in the draft. Maybe later on in the draft, yeah, because the the risk is becomes mitigated. Then all of a sudden. The gamble is worth the, um, the, the the draft status, where you drafted him. It happens all the time. And um, 
that's just the way it is. So yeah, um, a guy like Damon Arnett, to me, when you look at, when you add the fact that on most draft quote unquote boards, he was what, what'd you say? Like in the sixties or so for most people, for most talent evaluators, the experts and whatnot, um, that made it even more of an egregious uh, error. This what we weren't talking about the best cornerback in the draft or the top three cornerbacks uh, in the draft by most estimations. Um, even in that case, you probably don't take the risk, but that happens a lot too, where where the talent is just so overwhelming that you're hoping that you get it straightened out once the guy gets in your building. Uh, and then he turns out to be able to have his life in order in a way that lets that first round talent or that top three talent um, fulfill itself. So, but man, there's been so many times where teams have gotten burned uh, in that false belief that they have in their coaching staff, in their system, in their culture, in their locker room, in their leadership, uh, with the resources that they have uh, in place to be able to bring somebody in that might have some baggage and be able to help them grow up um, and, and mature in, in, the, in the right way. It sounds great to think along those lines, and there are cases where it has it has worked out. Um, but it's 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 a dangerous game playing that, and I think the Raiders learned a really really valuable uh, lesson in that regard. To if you you know, it, it, it it's just not worth the risk. There's money involved. Um, think of it from this perspective. I know you don't want to. We don't want to look at guys as commodities, but. I mean, that's where we're all a commodity at some on some level. I don't care where we work, you know, uh, if we can do the job, then we're worth the pay. There's also people that do their job so well. I don't care what we're talking about, what vocation we're talking about, what job we're talking about. That might not, not be a nice person. That might be a headache. That might be a bad apple. That might be a device, divisive force in the workplace, uh, in the office, and just create all kinds of drama. But gosh darn it, they sell. <laughs> They're the best salesman in the in the in in, in the office. How are we going to get rid of him? We'll deal with all or her. How we'll deal with all the other stuff because he brings money and brings value uh, to the company. It happens every every day across every job uh, in the world. So you know, um, I understand where you're coming from. You know that you don't want to look at the at the commodity, but you know if 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 you minimize the risk by drafting somebody in the fourth round who you wouldn't touch in the first round because of maybe some character issues um it's 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 do the math you're not tied in fine as much financially or um as, as long you know uh, under a contract in the fourth round as you are in the first round and i would say that people would be shocked if they found out if they were sitting in draft meetings and really looking at somebody's draft board and understanding who there's teams that just won't touch people because of the character issues. I would venture to say that Damon Arnett probably wasn't on uh, everybody's draft board period because of things that were going on. Uh, and there's so there's teams that just flat out won't take that risk at any point in the draft because of um, you know, what, what might've been happening, um, you know, when he was at Ohio state, I understand where Mike's coming from Mike Mayock in terms of the confidence and the relationship that they had with the Ohio state coaches. I mean, you're relying on them to give it to you straight. Um, and, and I'm sure they were remember David Arnett wanted to come out his junior year. 
but a lot of people talked to him about, you're not ready to go to the NFL right now. And he came back his senior year and, you know, by, by some accounts, I should say, to some extent, I should say, was a more mature player. And he played better, number one. He played better on the field. And he was also, by some accounts, just a better person and a, and a, and a more mature uh, person. And so maybe that also created a little bit of a false sense of security. You know, the Ohio State coaches are telling the Raiders, hey, he really turned a corner uh, this year in terms of in terms of all that. You know, we feel good that he's on the right track. Um, but as it turns out, you know, he, he wasn't. And it's unfortunate. It's more unfortunate for Damon Arnett because he just wasted a, a, a wonderful opportunity uh, to really be a, a, a you know professional uh, football player. The talent is there. The talent is absolutely there. Was he the best cornerback in the draft? No, but is he an NFL cornerback? Um, if he gets everything else in order, I believe he is. You know, um, uh, mo- most definitely. So um, it's just a mistake that the Raiders have to live with. Here's what you know: the the biggest issue of all for the Raiders. Now you know you go back uh, a year and a half ago, and the Raiders felt like they had their cornerback position solidified and wide receivers solidified. You had Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, um, Darren Waller. That's a unit that you felt good with going into the future. Now they got to replace Henry Ruggs. Now they got to look to the draft probably or may or, or free agency to go replace a wide receiver that they didn't think that they were going to have to replace. When you draft a cornerback as high as they did, you don't think that in two years you're going to have to go find his replacement. That's not where your thought process is. But now the Raiders have to look at finding another wide receiver and another cornerback. Now maybe you bring back Casey Hayward for another year. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I like Trayvon Mullen, and I think that when healthy, um, he's he's you know a good player. Maybe you move Nate Hobbs uh, back to the outside uh, next year, although he's been so valuable as a slot cornerback, maybe you just keep him right there and go on the free agency market to go find another cornerback uh, or, or the draft. Uh, but that's that when you miss on those first round picks like that um, and don't have, you know, uh, an in-house replacement, that means you got to start the process all over again about going to find uh, somebody. Now, the Raiders, when we talk about Clee Farrell, is he the player that they thought he was going to be? Nope, absolutely not. Uh, but the good news is they got Max Crosby, who is, um, and he's basically what they, I guess, what they were hoping Clee Farrell would be. You got a dynamic player in Max Crosby, um, alongside now a dynamic defensive end in Yannick Ngakwe. By the way, how good is he playing lately? He was just a force on the football field yesterday. Uh, so you're 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 good uh, at at that position, uh, defensive end, in spite of the miss on 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 uh, on Clee Farrell. Uh, but wide receiver. They went out and, got, and signed Deshaun Jackson. I would imagine uh, next year they go and draft another wide receiver, um, depending on where it is. I don't know where that would be in the draft. There's also a free agent to be by the name of Devontae Adams, who, oh, by the way, happens to be really good friends with uh, with, with Derek Carr. Maybe that's the direction uh, that the Raiders go in uh, next year. That wouldn't be a, a bad option right there. But it just shows you how important the draft process is, um, and it just shows you the importance of, you know, when, when the red flags come up, they're there for a reason, and and you know um, maybe you, you should stay away uh, as a result. And I, I think that's the lesson um, that Mike Mayock uh, learned. And a 
again, I go back to that conversation that we had in January. And then he, he alluded to it a few more times in talks with the media about the mistakes that happened in the 2020 draft. And unfortunately, you know, um, we're, 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 we're seeing those in real time. Damon Arnett's cut, you know, Tanner Muse is no longer with the team. Lynn Bowden Jr. didn't even get out of training camp before he was traded. Amik Robertson hasn't, um, he's been given opportunities. Uh, he hasn't been able to seize those opportunities. He's been on the inactive list, I think, the last three games now, uh, replaced by a, uh, a you know a, a practice squad cornerback that the Raiders signed late in the game. Uh, that's that's taken his his spot, and then they went out and got um, Mark, uh, you know, Truf, uh, uh, Trufant, uh, who's also who also is now on the roster. So it doesn't look real good for Amik Robertson right now. We'll see um, if he's able to rebound and become the player that the Raiders had hoped. Uh, but that 2020 draft class, am I missing anybody? Brian Edwards, you know, I would say the jury's still out on, on Brian Edwards. I think that he's got a future. Um, he had a rough day yesterday, no doubt. He got covered uh, yesterday. Um, there was good coverage by the Giants. He needed to figure something out in that regard. John Simpson, you know, he's a he's a okay uh, guard right now. Was he drafted in the fourth round? Um, you know, that's that's you hope that he develops. Uh, the Raiders do. Um, into a better player um, as, as the future goes on. No guarantees that that's going to happen. So, yeah, the 2020 draft class, is, there's no getting around it. Um, it was just a swing and a miss, and it's, it's, it's just a bad situation. But I will say, Mike Mayock um, and, and John Gruden, because he was there in 2019, I thought did a, a good job. That really is the foundation of the team. And you got to throw in A.J. Cole, um, a great punter that they were able to get as an undrafted free agent. Uh, Alec Ingold, by the way, shout out to Alec Ingold for the hurdle <laughs> that he did uh, yesterday. So um, uh, good play by the by the Raiders fullback. The 2019 draft class has a miss. We all know who that miss is. Um, but by and large, that's been a good, solid draft, a very good uh, draft for, for the Raiders. And it looks like 2021 uh, is shaping up uh, to be pretty good, too. But we shall see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. So having a uh, off off um, air conversation with Demond. Demond, are you still there? Of course. So yeah, and what, what we were talking about, and it's a and it's a valid question. Um, you know, everywhere you look in life, uh, every office, every job, every it, it always comes down to does your does your talent and production outweigh whatever hassle you might be <laughs> in 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 some other ways. You know, whether it's, you know, um, whatever the case, whatever, however you want to define a hassle or a headache uh, or a bad apple, it's all, it always comes down to that. I don't know um, any job in any 
place in the world where that isn't the key to everything. Are if you if you're productive, does it does it does it outweigh the hassle you might be? Now, hopefully, it all you're not a hassle, but there are people that are just hassles. They're bad human beings, or they're bad apples, or they're divisive forces. But if they could get the job done at a high level, people tolerate them. Um, and once that talent, once that production dips, then it becomes a whole different story, Damon. So I don't think football is any different than anything else uh, in this world, or sports for that matter. Yeah, it's it's not that you're wrong about that at all, because obviously, you know, and I think people were speaking to this last week, obviously with the accent as well, where they don't want to see, 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 see someone with means get off easy. And that's, but I feel like it's different where Derek Carr, where he said, hey, uh, somebody's going to love him. I'm going to love him. It's like, I just want to see that same empathy applied across the board, no matter the talent of a player. And yeah, I know it's, and, like, oh, that's, it's I, like, oh, that's too much to ask for. But is it too much? Uh, for me, it's why is no, that too I, much I, to ask I, for? I think, I, think, I think some of Derek Carr's probably best friends uh, that he, you know, I can't say this for sure, but I would imagine some of his best friends in life that he's played with weren't necessarily the best players, you know, or the, uh, the you know what I'm saying? Like, like he always talks about Zay Jones. Zay Jones hasn't really done much of anything, you know, and yet he's the guy that's always at his house. He's the guy that's always hanging out with them and going to practice and working out together. And he always speaks really highly. Uh, hey, of just Zay because Jones. he's not just because he's not that good of a player doesn't mean that he can't be friends with him. Well, I thought you, I, I thought you, I thought that's what you were saying. No, like, like if 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 Henry has has if Henry has proven to those guys in the locker room that he deserves support and love in spite of everything that's happened, then he's earned that. Now, some guys don't. There's some guys that are just. I mean, you show up to work. Uh, I don't know about your job right now, but you've you've probably had classmates. You've probably had coworkers that you didn't want anything to do with. You know what I'm saying? Like straight up, you didn't want to have anything to do with on the eight hours a day that you had to uh, deal with them, right? But not everybody's in that category. There's 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 guys that you just love, that you, you become really good friends with and really close with. I think that's who, you know, and I think Henry is one of those kind of guys. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think Henry is one of those types of guys. I don't know about DeMont or Damon. I don't, I don't know. Um, so uh, we'll have to maybe try to figure that one out. Um, but I guess that's where I'm coming from. Like, like you know, there, there's guys that, have 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 made such a mark uh, in their time in in the locker room or their job or whatever. Where man, you know, I'm still going to support that dude. There's other guys who are like don't let the door hit you on the way out, right? No, that's very true. I just just for me personally, like I just want to go back to it's so quick to give up on these guys, but it's just oh man, yeah. if that's all it takes to for you to value them as a person is their production, then how good of a person are you to begin with? Yeah, well, true, but I mean that doesn't mean I, I, I get I get what you're saying, but you know at at the end of the day, you, ha- you st- wh- where you work is also different than you know um, your 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 off time. So I don't care what it is that you do, you have to produce, and if you produce, you can probably get away with a little bit more. Uh, I, we all know that that's the case. Um, than when you don't produce. So you and, and I'm only talking about the bad apples. Like, like if you could be the greatest person in the world and still not be good at your job, and you're still going to get fired because you can't do the, get the job done. That doesn't mean I hate you. That doesn't mean that we can't be friends or or whatever. Or I don't support you in in your other endeavors as you move on down the road. You just couldn't get the job done here, you know. And and that's the reality of the situation. But there are also cases where. 
people are just so good at what they do that others will accept some of the flaws that they have and maybe, you know, um, uh, the, the negative stuff that they bring uh, to the table. That happens all the time, unfortunately. But, you know, you, you also you're in the business of, of making money if you're um, Google or whatever the case might be. That's what you're trying to do. You're, you're trying to make money. And sometimes you have to, like, set aside some things um, because that person is doing their job at such a high level. It happens all the time. Football, business, sales, uh, Wall Street, you know, politics. Um, it, it happens. It happens all the time. You, you, you don't like that. I don't like it. I, I like people that are cool. Like, like, Damon, I don't know about you, but I've had people that when they walked in the office, my whole day changed. They were great at what they did. And I, I, I was in no position to fire them or anything like that. But I do know that it just changed my day when that person walked into the office because now here we go again, another eight hours of just having to deal with that. And the only reason that person stayed at that job was because that person was really good at their job. So that's the way life is sometimes. And that's the way it goes sometimes in, in football. Now I think the Raiders had some noble um, objectives and goals uh, and hopes with Damon Arnett. And that's why they drafted him thinking that they were going to be able to get, get him uh, in a good place in his life for that talent that there is talent there for that talent to flourish. Uh, but it never, it didn't line up, unfortunately. And then this video surfaced and I think that their hands were pretty much tied the Raiders, uh, especially with coming off what happened uh, last week. So you live and you learn, and hopefully uh, the Raiders uh, and Mike Mayock learned from that mistake. I think he did, because I think, again, going back to the conversation that I had with him in January, he knew that there were some mistakes that were made in 2020 that he was not going to repeat again moving forward. And I don't think he, I, I think this 2021 class, so far anyway, uh, looks to be a good uh, rebound. I uh, want to say thank you to Cassie Soto, our great guest. Look forward to hearing her tomorrow on Q's show, uh, as always. Uh, Damon Cotton, thanks for everything that you do. Uh, Q, I hope you're having a great time over at the OIO. Uh, good to see you out and about. Can't wait to get over there and uh, check that out uh, one Monday. I uh, want to say thanks to all our callers. I uh, really appreciate it. We're back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. In the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy will be back with us. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Monday. Talk to you guys tomorrow.